with the with the the victory formation scandal. <laughs> the, the victory formation scandal. He threw his team to the dogs. He threw them out front of the bus before the world. You seen him do that. How are they supposed to play for this guy when they when he when he's known for do that do, for doing that? Now, even though they did something that wasn't right, but did it make sense for him as the coach to make you aware of what happened? He didn't even have to do that. Just keep it in-house. Isn't that what he said about Derek Carr's situation and all the other stuff that was going on? He, we just going to keep that in-house. He said that all season, most of the time. So what happened to that philosophy there? Why didn't you keep it in-house then? Because he's such a weasel. He can't help himself. And this is your head coach. This guy, this weaselly guy is your head coach. A guy with a soft schedule, a wide open NFC South, and the best you can do is finished out with nine and eight record, which is a plus for him because he never done anything. He never won anything in his life. And now that you have that nine and eight record, Dennis Allen can say, hey, man, I won something for the first time. They can't call me a loser no more because I actually finished with a nine and eight record. That's the only, only thing that's a positive in his mind. Never mind the fact that he could have won a lot more games if he would have got off his stupid ass and did something about the offense early on, like perhaps stop, have a different play caller when they would, the offense was stinking. But at the end of the day, these people are incapable of that. Dennis Allen is what he is, and Mickey Loomis is an idiot too. It's just what it is. We need these guys going. And hopefully with the billboards and people like that, shout out to uh, Mr. Hancock who doing the billboard. Shout out to the great Saint Thank Tank. Shout out to all you guys out there who's saying, you know what, man, I'm keeping my money in my pocket. We about to show you what time it is. Because let me tell you something, Mika Loomis is really arrogant. He's been saying really arrogant stuff, telling people they're not qualified, calling the reporters, the reporters lazy and unsophisticated because they were writing about stuff that was happening in the locker room with the team. They just didn't want you to know about it. You know, just, just popping off at the mouth, just popping off at the mouth. One dumbass comment after another. Every Wednesday, he talks to WWL. Something stupid going to fall. He opened his mouth. Something stupid going to fall out of it. That's just, <laughs> he never, he, and he never let us down. Every interview. And then he says to Dennis, when they ask him about the, the question with Dennis Allen, is his team, is the team, is it a split in the team? Is the team fractured? Oh, that's, that's, that's stupid. He actually said stupid. That he doesn't believe there's a fracture in the team. And the team just literally violated the coach's orders by running the play out of the victory formation, despite the fact that he told him to, to kneel on the ball. Me personally, I've never seen that before in the NFL and any NFL level. I've never seen that before. But he doesn't call that as them being uh it wasn't malicious. It don't matter if it was malicious or not. The reality is they did it for themselves over the coach. The coach was so detached from reality that they asked for something very noble for a guy that had been working hard all year, beating injury and everything. And he heard it and told them no, and they still ran it. And you don't think that's a split somewhere? When the player's running plays without your permission, that's not the issue? Loomis said that was stupid to say that. The dumbass reporter that was asking him the question set up the question in a way where he was validating him. I just, I just really despise that type of line of questioning. We don't need any more brown noses or Terry Cruz's types running around out here. We need people to tell it real, man, and keep it real. We don't need all of these butt kissers and all these other people that are willing to do whatever it takes for some money and some influence. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And people don't respect that, man. All right, so let's hit this article. 24 Saints players will be free agents in March. 
small crowd of Saints players are going to test the market in free agency in March. Through and shout out to John Sigler uh, at the uh, Saints Newswire. Shout out to him and shout out, yeah, shout shout out to Sigler, man. Shout out to you, John, man. You've been doing fantastic, bro. You've been keeping the heat on Dennis Allen. I've been watching your articles, bro. You've been keeping the heat on Dennis Allen more so than any other writer in the entire Who That Nation. And I and I salute you for doing that, man, and keeping the pressure on him because I can tell in your writings that you don't like Dennis Allen and you given the information behind why you don't like him. And you've been hitting them hard. And I just just listen, keep doing it, man. We're going to share these articles. We're going to keep promoting it. So shout out to John Sigler. I've been noticing him. he's been punishing Dennis Allen in the press. Very elegantly to with the very well written articles, just ripping Dennis Allen apart and, and with the facts, with facts in these articles, man. So shout out to Sigler, man. He's been doing a fantastic job all damn year, man. I see you. All right. So as here he goes, this is his article. Situations more complicated than others. And we talked about the Jameis Winston situation, uh, about Jameis restructuring his deal. I still think that is Jameis is gone. I'm going to just be honest with you. And I know a lot of people say he will. He restructured Q. I think that I think this is going to be a situation where Jameis is not coming back. Like, and he knew he wasn't coming back when he did what he did, man. Jameis is, is, is going to be up out of here. I, I just think that is, the situation is not going to, it's going to work where he going to ultimately going to, whether it's a June, uh, a post June cut or whatever, a pre or whatever, how they going to do it. I think that'll be the way. Well, we will see the end of, I think we'll see this is the end of James and they'll probably be in the market looking for another backup quarterback, but we'll get into it. So Winston, for instance, reworked his contract. The Saints must choose to extend him or release him, essentially making it a voided year. Even if he's technically, technically under contract for 24, that's also the case with fan favorite wide receiver, Michael Thomas. On top of that, there are uh, different types of free agents. We covered this on the last stream, exclusive rights who have the option to either play for their current team at a minimum or sit out the 24 season. So guys like Rashid Shahid won't be going anywhere. Restricted free agents could be tendered at a higher salary and possibly bring back compensation if signed elsewhere, but that's rare to see the vast majority of free agents will enjoy unrestricted status and have the freedom to field offers from any other team. So here's a few of the players that he has neatly listed here. Wide receiver Rashid Shaheed, but an exclusive rights deal. We know the Saints are going to get this done with Rashid Shaheed. He's a big part of the offense going ahead. He's a fantastic player. Plus, he's coming off a of, uh, you know a Pro Bowl night. It's going to he's going to be pretty good watching Rashid Shaheed, an undrafted guy, really shine, man. And he's been spectacular in the Saints offense. Credit to Michael Thomas working with this brother, getting him up to speed, man. He credits a lot of that to Michael Thomas. Helping them out. So, yeah, it's been fantastic, man, watching that happen. Uh, defensive lineman P.J. Mustafire, who was an exclusive rights guy. You remember he was the guy that came over from the Broncos to help out with some of the issues that happened with the Saints interior defensive line. When Malcolm Roach got hurt, they brought in Mustafire and, and another player that kind of fill in, but they gave him an opportunity to play. He got into several games on the back end of the season. He could be an interesting piece moving forward at the right price. We'll see. Restricted free agent. Adam Prentice, the fullback. I think that Prentice did a decent job. He does some special uh, teams work. But at the end of the day, I really do think that the Saints need to find more of a versatile player at the position, somebody that can play fullback, that can do some H-back if you need him to, even a guy that can line up as a tight end if you need him to, you know, somebody. And then they got those guys out there, whether you can go look in the draft or, you know, 
we we need to find somebody with a little bit more versatility than Mr. Adam Prentice. He's basically a traditional uh, fullback and he's not a very good one. No disrespect to Adam Prentice by, you know, I'm not trying to disparage you, but I'm saying, bro, you, you're not very good at what you do. Some of the times when you go out to block guys, you don't really block them. Like I'm from the school where I see fullbacks literally decapitate and destroy guys. They blocking Prentice does not do that. I'm just going to keep it real, and the tape backs me up. Cornerback Shamar John Charles, who they brought in, is restricted. Lynn Bowden Jr. is another restricted uh, uh, versatile player, special teams, wide receiver. He was The Saints used him in several uh, different applications this past season, and Lynn Bowden Jr. showed some stuff. And, you know, based on what it looks like, he could be a restricted guy. Ryan Conley's unrestricted, spent a lot of time uh, on an uh, injury list, being hurt. Isaac Yidham is unrestricted. Remember, Isaac Yidham really put it together. Um, and we, you know, I was very critical of Isaac Yidham early on because I kept telling Isaac, listen, bro, if you would be a pretty solid cornerback, if you can learn to turn around and locate the ball. But a lot of that's tied into uh, a lot of his confidence and stuff like that. And you can see his technique got better. He be, he played more confident because he was playing more techni- technically sound. And you can see, so um, whether that was secondary coach uh, Robinson, or whether that was Joe Woods who operates, who controls the, the defensive backs uh, situation. Joe Woods had a lot of our cornerbacks really playing uh, on another level. And Isaac Yidham was a guy that really benefited from the, the tutelage of a guy like Joe Woods. You can see his maturation. He became a very solid young cornerback for the Saints. So hopefully they can get Isaac Yidham back at the right price. Max Garcia, a, a offensive lineman for the Saints. I think they can do better than Max Garcia. Very slow uh, he had penalties this year, very lackluster uh, showing for Max Garcia. I think we can do better than that. Zach Bourne is unrestricted. He finally reached the end of his uh, free agent contract, uh, but they finally figured out in the final year of Zach Bourne's contract on how properly to use Zach Bourne. He was playing well on special teams, and he became a situational pass rusher in the sub package for the Saints defense when injuries came up with Cam and Peyton Turner and Isaiah Foskey, the snowman. These guys were absent. Zach Bond turned it on and was able to get sacks. And I think that uh, depending on the right price, you can bring Zach Bond back now that you know how to use him. So we'll see if he finds greener pastures, perhaps go to Green Bay. I heard that was a rumor some time ago, like last year, they were, he might be interested in going back home to Wisconsin. But then again, if the Saints, you know, at the, the price got to be a right, of course, for them to keep a guy like Zach Bond. Now that they know how to use him, Malcolm Roach is also unrestricted. That big Roach wouldn't be mad at them coming back at the right per- price. Keith Kirkwood would be a, uh, it wouldn't be an expensive contract. Jonathan Abram played well enough that he earned another one year deal to come back. We'll see. Cam Irvin unrestricted played some games for the Saints at the right tackle position when injuries started tearing us up there. Jimmy Graham. Uh, basically sent the farewell tweet to the family members this year. I don't anticipate Jimmy Graham uh, coming back to the Saints, especially how they just famously d- decided to inactivate him and not play him during games. And the Saints were struggling in the red zone. They had a healthy Jimmy Graham sitting there like, Why, I'm here. You guys going to use me or not? I'm here. I'm here. And they didn't use him. And people were like, "You, if you're struggling in the red zone before they started doing better toward the back end of the year, why didn't you use Jimmy Graham? Dennis Allen said at some point during the year, um, yeah, Jimmy Graham's there's nothing wrong with him. You know, Jimmy, we just, you know, we're going to use him at the right time or whatever he said. And he also said, uh, you know, well, he's, he's, he's not held. He's not hurt, but he's going to be 
He was in an active, healthy scratch for most of those games. And they were asking how Jimmy Graham's doing with that. Oh, he's doing like a pro. It's like a pro. And I'm like, dude, you got a six foot seven Jimmy Graham right there. He's not what he used to be, but he can damn sure catch touchdowns in the red zone. The Saints just didn't use him. Almost like they didn't want to win. Almost like they wasn't serious about winning when you got a Jimmy Graham and you're stinking in the red zone at the time. You got a six foot seven red zone weapon. You could just throw it in this direction. He's going to come down with it. The Saints would even play him in some games. It wouldn't even put him in the red zone when he got there to be able to do it. So, I mean, it was just laughable. Lonnie Johnson Jr., a one-year uh, prove-it deal, uh, kind of mixed results with Lonnie Johnson. He has some some positive plays, some not. Hugo Amadi really impressed me. I like Hugo uh, Amadi. I think they should bring Hugo Amadi back. He's a playmaker. He had like seven tackles in the last game. This guy has a head for the ball. He is always around the ball. He's an undersized guy, but, dude, he is a playmaker. Hugo Amadi is a guy that the Saints definitely need to bring back. Kyle Phillips is unrestricted. You know, Benjamin got early, got hurt early. He's one of these scat bad guys that can catch the ball out the backfield. Really professional running back. You know, Benjamin's pretty solid. Uh, we'll see what the Saints. I mean, he's not a very expensive veteran. I can, uh, you know, to, for them to bring him back. Andrew Dowell, our linebacker that we had here, a special team was Ty Summers. Uh, Trey Turner was a guy that we were really excited about. Trey's a pretty uh, he's a journeyman vet, but he's a uh, he's better than a guy like Max Garcia. He's a guy that can help us in terms of a guy that you bring in uh, off the bench. And he got hurt early on, and that was un, you know that was unfortunate. Maybe they'll do something with him if he comes back cheap. Uh, Andrews Pete is a void deal right here. I think Andrews has finally reached a point where Andrews is pretty much done. Michael Thomas is also, I believe, Michael Thomas is done as well with the team. Um, and Jameis, I think Jameis is done too. So, I mean, these are some of the guys, like I say, Jameis, I think Jameis ultimately it'll end up with him going somewhere else, Michael Thomas, and of course, Andrews Pete. So that's some of the stuff and uh shout out to John Sigler once again for being able to uh, put this list together for us as well. Now let's go ahead on and uh, kind of jump to this right here, fam. This is uh, over the cap numbers right here for the black and gold, as you can see right here. They estimate the Saints in the red by over $82 million. Shout out to the family members watching on Instagram, brother Terrell Butler, uh, my dog Randolph, B. Frank, DJ Field Cole. Shout out to y'all, man, on Instagram. Um, 82, over $82 million in the red currently for the black and gold. Um, and uh, man. It's going to be interesting all at the same time. We knew they started restructuring contracts. Uh, they they restructured Laddie's deal. They did something with Jameis' deal. We know that Ram is probably coming up real soon. The Saints have some issues um, going into the offseason that they're going to have to get down, and they're going to do what they do, which is start messing with all these contracts, restructuring all these damn contracts, and working the money back. And once they get the money worked back, what would be the next step that they do? You know, so a portion of the game is also looking at the draft ahead and figuring out what player – what areas of the team that they need to work from to attack so they can improve. Um, I personally think that the offensive line is definitely a point of contention for the saints. The offensive line was terribly inconsistent for the saints last year, uh, this, this past year. And what you know, I just showed you Andrews Pete there. James Hurst is another guy that I think uh, is, I think Hurst, I don't want Hurst here no more. Let's just put it like that. We have to improve 
what we do. And I know we got Nick Seldavere at the guard position that they drafted. I don't, you know, I would still see if I could get somebody else to provide competition. But really right now, the Saints, if you look at it, you have McCoy and Ruiz at the, McCoy at the center, Ruiz at the right guard position. Ramchek at the right tackle position could be forced to retire because of the knee situation is that bad. So the Saints have Trevor Penning that they drafted. Perhaps a good thing could be for Penning to start at the right tackle position and not at the left tackle position. I thought that's a better spot for him to be. I've, I've said it when they brought him in here. I was When they drafted him, I said, don't put him at the left tackle position. But at the time, they need, I kept telling them to put Ram over there. But at the time, we didn't realize how bad Ram's knee was. I knew he had an issue that he was dealing with with his knee, but I don't think we really knew that it was so bad that it would threaten him not being able to play for the rest of his career. I don't think a lot of people seen they kind of kept that one close to the vest, but now that we realize Ram could possibly for next year, he probably not going to play next year. It could be done for the rest of his year, depending on for the rest of his career, depending on um, what needs to be done with that knee. The saints need to really, Look at what they need, what they're going to do with Trevor Penning. I think right tackle should be a spot where he starts at the right tackle position. And the left tackle position, they need to find somebody else and that at the guard provide some competition with Nick Seldavere if he's indeed the guy that they believe in. So the offensive line needs to improve. And, of course, the depth situation behind the line, they need to add some depth there. And then uh, when you start moving across the team. But I think offensive line should be something that they attack right away. The second thing to me was would be also the defensive line. Like, okay, we added Nate uh, Shepard and Colin Saunders. I think Saunders played well. I think uh, Brian Bercy should now start next to Colin Saunders. I think Nate Shepard should be a guy that the Saints ultimately uh, place in the in the reserve, you know, in the uh, rotation as the interior defensive lineman and add somebody there. But I think Brian Bercy should he's should step up next to Kalen Saunders. I think that he's kind of shown that he might be ready to step in there and make some plays. And I think that's pretty much the mindset anyway, uh, to start. So the defense, the offensive line, defensive lines is where we need to start to kind of work from. And then, you know, a lot of people talk about wide receivers and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, we'll see from that point moving forward. You, then you start looking into some of the positions like backup quarterback. If Jameis is not here, uh, what do we do? Do we keep uh, Marcus May being that Jordan Howden stepped up? That's something else we're looking at. Laddie Daddy, there's rumors about him being traded and, and Kamara. I don't think that happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But then again, when you have these people like Loomis and Dennis Allen here, you never know what kind of foolishness they would do. But hopefully they won't. Maybe perhaps. And the Saints need to really kind of look at the linebacker position. I know people like Nephi Sewell and Peyton Turner. But Demario Davis is getting up there. Saints perhaps, and I see they got DeMarco Jackson, but man, there's still uh, some people that you probably could look at at the linebacker position. Uh, the defensive end is another position too, because we're not exactly sold on the defensive end position. Cam had two sacks this year, not really uh, what he, you know, he had a really off year this year, and uh, he was promising that he's going to come back strong the next year, but he's still getting up there. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, the snowman, is still a unknown commodity at this point, even though he played really well for Notre Dame in college. And college is the pros, two different things. He got to kind of prove himself. And Peyton Turner is basically, is, I don't want to paint him as Marcus Davenport, but he's following the same trajectory as Mark, Marcus Davenport. And it's weird because the Saints picked him because he reminded him of Davenport and they wasn't lying. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. They wasn't lying. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. So anyway, uh, having another defensive end is always a thing that the Saints could definitely do. But you don't know Peyton Turner is a first round draft pick. He's going into his fifth, the the into his fifth year as a first round draft pick. And and of course, Cam getting close to the back end of his career. So have if you can come across a defensive end early on, and I, and you know, Jim Kev threw Ver, uh, Jared Verse at me. I don't know if Verse would be available when they pick there, but you know, he, that wouldn't be a bad option to have another pass rusher to keep it going because they're going to need that help on the other side. So there's other things involved, but that's a few things I just want to throw at you. I won't throw too much at you guys uh, right now with it because it's, it's, it's the off season. Now there'll be plenty of shows to do all that other stuff on. So, you know, all right. So anyway, Derek says, remember the six to eight quarters with Carr having no touchdowns, then only Taysom and Winston had two. And now Loomis talking how good it was Carr, how Carr played injured. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, they think that they can dog pile that, you know, they can throw all that stuff on you at the end of the season and say, well, look at Carr's numbers. Carr's boy, Carr's numbers were fantastic. Carr's had some of the best numbers here and the best numbers there. But the, the numbers is one thing, but the optics is a whole nother thing. Would you look at the numbers and see, don't be fooled by the numbers. Remember the games you was watching. Cause they'll do that. They'll play these little kindergarten propaganda games where they start throwing statistics or he start stat prattling, like I said he does. When Mickey Loomis starts stat prattling off. Well, he got, a, he got a over. He got 33,000 yards and uh, he got these many touchdowns and only these many interceptions. Oh, my God. He had a fantastic year. No, 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 no. We're not going to play that with you because we understand that a lot of that happened on the back end of the season. When we needed him to win games, that wasn't the case. He wasn't throwing touchdowns. I remember there was eight quarters – it got up to like eight or nine to 10 quarters where Carr wasn't, he didn't, he couldn't throw a touchdown. He couldn't, he wasn't scoring touchdowns, but the saints philosophy never changed. They kept trying to get Carr to lead them to wins. And I kept telling them, he's not ready for that. You need to use the running attack. You need to figure out a way to run the football. You got to figure it out. If you have to pull these lazy linemen out of there and put somebody else in there, you do it. You got to make a change at the, play caller level in terms of the uh, the, the um, offensive coordinator, you do it. If for a game or two, you do what you need to do. So, I mean, in the end, we remember the optics. It's, it's definitely different than all of the stats he was able to pile on on the back of the season when he had, what, four touchdowns? That really helped the stats out big time when he threw for those four touchdowns and then he had what the, how many yards he threw in the game. A lot of piled-on stats right there so that you can get that to you at the end of the day. So we're not fooled by the stat, the stat pile and the stat dog piling that the Saints do. We're not fooled by that bullshit. Now, I know that I was looking at his games during the season and like, what is going on with these, with these guys that they can't get on the same page? And it took them so long to get on the same page because it, it, they were mismanaged. So now we got all the stuff circulating around with Gruden and the Saints interested in Gruden and this now there's reports saying there's mutual interest. Of course there's mutual interest. Mickey Loomis met with with um John Gruden in Tampa before the Tampa Bay game, uh the second Tampa Bay game, and they had a discussion about it. And they were th- talking about bringing Gruden in with Carr. And that's the last di- this act- uh the last effort they're gonna do in terms of trying to get these people to play together. Gruden comes in. And they're trying to make that happen. Only problem is, is that Gruden 
is uh, suing the NFL. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But no, but but leave no shortage of uh, being uh, bored this year. I tell you what, the Saints keeping it all in front of you. Brent says Mickey going to get mad. You pre-evaluate so much, Q. That's right. He, yeah, he's. I don't want to listen. He can pre-evaluate. That means less. I have to do. That's how I look at it. You know, I'm 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 living the easy life. Yeah, but Mickey, everybody's kind of upset about the team they finished without a plan. Well, I understand. You know, I know there's a lot of anger and upsetness, but hey, listen, I look, you got to look at the good side. Really? What's the good side? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Okay. I don't think that's a good side. I'm not mad. When you reach my age and you're rich and you're not mad, hey, that's a win. You know, they'll, they'll be all right. You know, but what should we tell them? Mickey? Well, tell them scratch their ass and get glad, you know, and I'll tell them, get a, you know, damn, what Aaron, what Richard Pryor said, you know, tell them, take a Coke and a smile and shut the, you know what? I, you know, <laughs> I don't ask what you do, you know, you know, and I'll tell them, scratch their ass and get glad. You know, that's right. <laughs> what you tell them. That's what you want me to tell them for real, Mickey. You're going to have them slapping the piss out you, man. Come on. Thank you for that, Brent. Appreciate it. All right. Shout out to the fam, man. Thank you for that, Brent. Much love, man. Listen, we're going to get ready to get out on that, man. Listen, I appreciate the family members for chiming in. If y'all got any quick questions, I'll wait a few minutes, fam. Just throw them in the chat. I'm going to try to ask, answer about two or three of them before I get out of here um, uh, and go from that. But shout out to the fam, Mr. Who That. Big ups to your fam. Appreciate you. Much love. Snake bite. Good to see you in there. BP. Much love. Brother Irvin. Good to see you, man. Much love. Appreciate you, brother Slims in this thing. All right, good to see you, fam. Appreciate you as well. DJ Feel Cold, like I said, I gave DJ Feel Cold a shout out. Big ups to you, fam. Appreciate you. All right, Brother Pete says, uh, what's up, WM? Uh, Junior, WM Junior. <laughs> shout out to me. Yeah, starter jackets, bro. Oh, yeah, well, listen, hold on, James. Let me tell you something, but y'all know I'm a part comedian, man. You know, yeah, hold on, okay, hold on. Don't cut me off. Okay, my bad, Mickey. No, okay. You don't have to apologize. Just don't do it again. All right. Okay. Now I'm pushing, you pushing to make it. Okay. I ain't going to push it. All right. Now listen. I told Jameis. I said, Jameis, listen. I, I know what Dennis told you. You know, And you said, you know, he lied to you. And he told you he was going to be the starter last year. You know, and he put kept uh, Andy in there. Right? I get it. Um, But, you know, I, let's just, you know, starter is such a, um, such an interesting word. If somebody tell you you're a starter, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a, a French word there, buddy. Um, so, um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to rock with Dennis on that one. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, he's the coach and, and he knows better, you know, I, you know, okay. You know, it's okay. You know, he's the, he's the coach. And I, and I really believe that's how it played out, man. When you talk about Mickey Loomis doing anything in the building, like Mickey Loomis after they get, uh, after they hear about Chris Olave's, situation that happened in Michael Thomas situation with them uh with the jail stuff because they both went to jail and then got you know bailed out stuff like that the frustration and he had both of them in his office talking to him well hey listen here guys you know I both you guys were in uh in the in in, in the can um in the in the hose down and I know uh, the hose gal where are me the hose gal uh, the hose gal no we were in the they locked us up because I well, what were you doing, Chris? I was speeding. 
Oh, why the hell were you doing that? You know, well, you know, that's a long story, Mickey. All right. Well, I, I don't want to hear that. Uh, Mike, what's, what, what's, what's going on there? Well, Mickey, to be honest with you, man, a guy was parking in front of my house, man. And, um, you know, I've been kind of frustrated lately. You know, Derek is throwing the ball, throwing the ball at my feet, throwing it behind me, throwing it over my head. Um, he actually threw one where I had to stretch out. The guy hit me and I got hurt. So, you know, I've been kind of frustrated, kind of, I was kind of mad. He kind of let me, you know, and, you know, I thought he, you know, it's a little frustrated there. Oh, okay. I hear you. Uh, yeah. Oh, why? Oh, what the hell that's got to do with you getting locked up? What, what, why were you in the holes, gal? The where? The holes, gal. Um, What's the holes, gal, Mickey? Oh, let's. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and 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 confinement. Well, we were in the jail because you know I got you know the guy I I picked up a brick and started hitting this guy's truck because he was parking in front of my house and I told him don't do it. Well, that's not good, you know. Uh, well, anyway, listen. Uh, uh, listen, anyway, listen, um, you guys go and talk to Dennis and uh, tell him what you did. Tell him you're sorry. And uh, and we're going to just forget it. OK, all right, y'all go on out of here. All right. That kind of stuff. You know, it's 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 nothing like, you know, it's not like you can go to Mickey and he'll appease you. You know, it's it's I'm just it just it's just not like that. I just don't see it because too many people get frustrated and they don't have nowhere to go. So there's a lot of these. <laughs> They doing stuff that you know that they're not supposed to do. They get frustrated, you know. Like Chris Olave, he was frustrated because you know the, the, Dennis Allen threw Chris Olave under the bus when they asked about what was going on. Well, he ran the wrong route. I thought you were supposed to keep that in house. <laughs> so only things that happen against cars when he keeps in house. You see, he 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 has a he's a irresponsible parent who picks favorites. See that you never <laughs> you got a bunch of children. And you pick a favorite, you're not supposed to do that. But that's how dumb Mickey that, that Dennis Allen is. <laughs> oh, he 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 no, nah, no, nah, he ran the wrong route. So it wasn't on car. Oh, hell no. It's on that guy over there. And the next thing you know, he's speeding, <laughs> speeding out the build. But listen, man, 